January 9th, 1947, was another glamorous night in Hollywood at the Biltmore Hotel. Guests frenzied in and out of the Ornate lobby as the night approached. Earlier that evening, another guest had arrived. Her name was Elizabeth Short. She was a beautiful 22-year-old movie star wannabe with jet black hair and a passion for young, married men. Her situation on the night of January 9th was not an unusual one. She was dropped off by Robert Red Manley, a traveling salesman, young and married, absolutely no doubt. However, the affair could not endure. The January 9th night in the lobby of the Baltimore Hotel was the last time Elizabeth Short was seen alive. Hello and welcome to Kansas City Confidential. This is episode 15, The Short-Lived Flower, The Murder of Elizabeth Short. I'm Sarah. I'm Michaela, And I'm Maggie. And this is Kansas City Confidential. This episode of Kansas City Confidential is made possible by our sponsor, Perot's Pomade. Mustache wax so you never want to shave it for later. From the perspicacious Perot comes his signature mustache pomade, which will leave you looking and feeling like the most iconic detective of the century. Disclaimer, expert crime-solving insight is not included. Now back to the murder, not on the Orient Express. A few days after Elizabeth Short was seen at the Baltimore, she was seen again but this time she looked very different. She was discovered by Betsy Bersinger, who was taking her daughter to the shoe repair store when she passed Short's corpse in a grassy lot near the sidewalk. Stunned after seeing the gory sight of Liz's body, Bersinger went to a nearby home to report the body to the police. She recalls that she saw a very white body that resembled a mannequin because it was so posed and so white. It was laying face up and naked with a clean cut across the waist, making Elizabeth's body appear in two halves. A few inches down from her open eyes were three-inch slits extending her smile on both sides of her mouth. Her arms were bent and extended over her head while her legs were stretched out and spaced apart. It was evident that Short had suffered many blows to the head and other forms of physical abuse before her death. However, when her body was found, all her blood had been drained from the body and it had been scrubbed so that it was completely clean. So, Elizabeth would have been killed someplace else before being placed in the empty lot. Also, an important detail was noted by the police. Short's body was cut with surgical precision. There was no possibility of a killer that didn't know what he or she was doing. The killer had to have had medical training to execute this type of cut. One would think this would greatly narrow the list of possible suspects, but it didn't. The evidence was lacking until January 23rd, 1947. A letter had been sent to the LA Examiner containing Elizabeth's social security card, birth certificate, and address book was missing pages. The letter was written with cutouts of letters from the newspapers, and it was signed. The Black Dahlia Avenger. The address book contained over 75 addresses of different men, including missing pages which may have been torn out by the killer of Elizabeth. This helped explain Elizabeth's appetite for a fair, and it also gave investigators a starting point for finding suspects. However, the letters did not provide valuable fingerprints, as they were scrubbed off with gasoline. Pretty crafty, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah. 
Almost as crafty as that grease stain there, Count Andrenyi. Anyway, the police proceeded to contact the men in the address book, but all said they only knew Shore briefly. Then police proceeded to question Robert Manley, the man that drove the Black Dahlia to the hotel the evening she was last seen alive. He went in to be questioned and took two polygraph tests. The results showed that he was telling the truth and he was innocent. A few years later, he was called back again, but this time he was asked to take what they thought was a truth serum at the time. And the test also showed he was innocent. However, we cannot rely on the science of 1954 and the substance they gave him was not actually a truth serum. Although, that would have been awesome if it existed. Yeah, we should give some to Quez. There'd be some interesting stories there. Then, the police turned to anonymous tips and testimonies from witnesses. Several people who lived in the neighborhood of the lot where Elizabeth was found say that they saw a black car around the time that Elizabeth's body was found. No one was able to identify the possible driver of this black car that witnesses saw, but the car does point to the suspect that we believe to be the true Black Dahlia murderer. George Hodell drove a black 1936 Packard, which matched the descriptions reported by witnesses. He was a wealthy doctor who lived in Hollywood. He was known to be highly intelligent and charismatic. He had gone through medical school and obtained enough surgical knowledge to pull off the cut at the waist of the Black Dahlia. He was a doctor to the stars, and he knew all the medical secrets in Hollywood. He had a sexually transmitted disease clinic, so he had quite the knowledge of everyone's sexual lives. Knowing this information, Hodel was well-connected and in the perfect position to blackmail given the right circumstances, being the dashing man he was, at least for 1947 standards. Not gonna lie, though, he's really not my type. <laughs> anyway, he had many affairs with many women in Hollywood, including, you guessed it, Elizabeth Short. It is also important to note that George had 11 children with five different women. So yeah, he would not hesitate to have an affair with Elizabeth Short. A Los Angeles Police Department file on the case was found with a report saying that a female witness came in and said Elizabeth Short and George Hodel not only knew each other, but spent time together in the months leading up to the murder. The report was later lost when the case was dropped, which could have been a result of corruption fueled by Hodel. Moreover, Many wonder why the case hasn't been solved if so many pieces of evidence point to Hodel. But if he was so wealthy and so well-connected, and the Los Angeles Police Department was notoriously corrupt at the time, it's highly likely that George silenced the authorities with his money and knowledge. 
Multiple detectives have come out and said that they would, without reservation, convict George Hodel of the murder, including Los Angeles prosecutor Stephen Kay. He said, quote, I have no reservations about filing two accounts of murder against Dr. George Hodel. Interestingly, people have only said this after Hodel's death, making it very possible that they were prevented from convicting him. George's son, Steve Hodel, also believes that his father had been the real killer. He remembered a secret room in the Hodel house where no children were ever allowed to go in. While Steve was still a child, his sister, Tamar, ran away from home and told police her father had sexually assaulted her. She said that he even tried to sell her to his friends for sex. However, the police would never convict George for either of these accusations. In addition to George's shady past and crappy parenting, Steve found many photos of various women in his father's house, including pictures of a woman with jet black hair worn in the same exact style as Elizabeth Short. Investigators examined the photos Steve found, but the results were inconclusive if the woman in the pictures was actually short. She, Steve also believed that his father's handwriting was close to the same as the handwriting on the Black Dahlia's Avenger letters received by police. Yet again, the results were inconclusive. More evidence continued to point towards convicting George Hodel. Police found a watch that had been left by Elizabeth's corpse. George owned the same exact type of watch as the one found at the crime scene, and there were even pictures of George wearing the watch to prove it. Large bags were found near Elizabeth's body, and less than a week before Elizabeth was found, George had ordered and received 50-pound bags of cement for his home renovation. The bags left at the crime scene matched the bags George received that same week. Some sort of home renovation he was doing. No! Yeah, pretty crazy, right? As police thoroughly studied George, they planted listening devices into his home while he was out being questioned by investigators. When police listened to these tapes, they heard a very suspicious conversation with George and an unknown person. George said, Suppose I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. And they can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. What? No way. Yep, that's what he said. With a quote like that, why did they just convict him right there? He was even heard saying that this is the best payoff I've seen between law enforcement agencies, and I'd like to get a connection made be- made in the DA's office. This quote suggests the speculation about the Los Angeles Police Department is true. In 2012, Steve Hodel brought police dogs over to his father's house. As the dogs investigated the house, they smelt human remains. While this is incredibly suspicious, it wasn't enough to prove George Hodel to be the killer. Investigators tested the soil from different areas around the house. The test also came up positive for human remains. Now, that doesn't mean it was Short's DNA, but it's pretty suspicious, if you ask me.
And finally, for our theory of how everything went down, audience discretion is advised. Our theory starts on January 14, 1947, around 3 to 4 p.m. George took Elizabeth to his home and tied her feet and arms together with rope. This began the long process of Elizabeth's torture. He cut out large pieces of her body and a big gash spreading her mouth wider. This was also made before Elizabeth had died. She was beaten and raped by George. Then she was drained and taken to her final spot. Hodel positioned her and left. So, what exactly happened to George Hodel? Well, he quickly moved to the Philippines in 1950, where he started his new life there. But in 1967, another suspicious murder happened. About a half of a mile away from George's new home, another victim was found. Her blood drained, her body cut in half, and she was posed in the same way as Black Dahlia was found. Coincidence? I don't think so. Let's review our evidence against George Hodel. The Black Dahlia's body was cut in half with surgical precision, and Hodel had the medical training to execute this type of cut. He was a wealthy doctor with the money and connections to silence the people that claimed he committed the crime. There were witnesses that said they saw a black car on the morning that Short's body was found, and Hodel's car fit these exact descriptions. Also, there is another witness that said George and Elizabeth knew each other and most likely were having an affair. All this evidence was enough to convince Stephen Kay, a Los Angeles prosecutor, that George Hodel was guilty. Hodel's own son even believes that George is guilty. Steve believed that the watch found near the black Dahlia's body was his father's. Also, the cement bags that his father ordered could have been the same bags used to transport Elizabeth's body to the spot where she was found. Thank you for joining us today on Kansas City Confidential. And thank you to our sponsor, Poirot's Pomade. For only $30, your mustache can look just like the dashing Poirot. Jars of Poirot's Pomade can be found at the link in the episode description box. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tell us who you think the Black Dahlia murderer is. Do you agree that George Hodel is guilty? Have fun sleeping tonight. This is Kansas City Confidential signing off. Good night.